Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. A camel channel. Hello and welcome to another episode of... The fighting cock closed down by coronavirus episode. I think the second one we've done while it's all been happening. Today I'm joined by Alex. How are you doing? Yeah, what's going on? Good. And we've got Ricky. How are you doing, mate? What up? <laughs> um, uh, Al, you've had, had some problems because you're looking after your daughter at the moment, aren't you? Mm. What is this, by the way? Is this no old bar? Is, no, is this no old... it's, it's Monday night, and it? it's fighting cock. Just going out to, to the oh, masses. Yeah, um, yeah. So you've been looking after the daughter, haven't you? And uh, she just what time is it? It's like nine o'clock. She's three years old, and she should be in bed, mate. She'd be in sleep by now. Like this poor father. I told her I genuinely. I genuinely, just told her about ten minutes ago. Yeah. That um, Uncle Flav's not very well, and I've, I've got to ring him. And if she doesn't go to bed, then he won't get better. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that true? Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, and what did she say? Uh, she was like, "Has he got a cough?" And I said, "Yeah." <laughs> um, 
and he said, she said, how long are you going to speak to him for? Two minutes. And I said, well, depends, depends how long, how quickly you go to sleep. Uh, and she has been quiet ever since. So how far away are you from good. your daughter, given that she is free and she could fall out of the bed? Uh, she's got one of those cabin beds. So if she does fall out, it'll make a pretty large lump, pretty large thud. So, so you'll know at least. Downstairs, her bedroom is directly off, directly uh, underneath me, or above me, sorry. Uh, did so, you? Um, that's that's good. That's good. I, I did make a good recommendation in WhatsApp just before starting recording. I thought, what a shot of milk and a shot of whiskey? You said in a bottle. She's three years old for fuck's sake. What? Well, so the you issue wasn't the, the issue wasn't her drinking whiskey, but it was the fact that it was uh, going to come in a bottle. Yeah, exactly. And I haven't got any whiskey. In fact, I'm on my last half a glass of um, banished, which is a cracker drop of red. Um, banished. It's called. Crimes, nineteen crimes. It's called. I know that one. It's uh, it's there's a, a bloke on the front of it. Mm-hmm. I know too much about red wine. It's getting, it's becoming a problem. It's so much of a problem that we run out of booze here, right? And I found <laughs> the only thing I took from my granddad's house when he died in 1996 was a bottle of a vintage bottle of vodka. When I say vintage, it it, it was made in the 80s, and the label it just looks cool, right? And nice. I was just looking through the shelves and stuff, not desperately looking for alcohol, but I just noticed it. Yeah, and uh, um, and it's I found out someone tweeted me and said that because I posted a picture on on Twitter of like how old is this shit and is it safe to drink? And uh, I found out two things. One, this was this bottle that was labelled in the eighties, so it's definitely at least thirty yep. thirty years old. Well, no, 31 years old if it's in the 80s, but it could be as old as 40 or 39 or 40 if it's in 1980. So, um, yeah, I tasted it. It tasted a bit odd, but it's still alcoholic. You actually drank it? Yeah, a little bit. Was it open? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was open. But it was in. It was like a plastic. It's not like it was like a plastic fastened at the top. And I read online that... that you that a very old vodka, if it's held in a in a bottle that has been opened for 40 years the vodka itself will be fine absolutely fine no issue at all with that but um the the you you get you get i think tannins or something released from the plastic that go into the vodka but it's such a small amount you shouldn't worry about it and uh, vodka keeps essentially it'll never ever go off because of the high alcohol content you were at a point where you thought i've got nothing left i have to drink my granddad's 30-year-old vodka? I, no, well, I mean, there is some other stuff left. It's just that it became like, see what what's going to happen kind of thing. Let's see what happens kind of thing if if yeah. I did, did drink it. And as, as it turns out, it just tasted a bit funky, but definitely still vodka. State uh, of it, And uh, well, it was, I mean, I took a sip about an hour ago and I'm, I feel a bit sick, but other than that. um i'm desperately trying to find a story that that t posted earlier uh regarding the financial implications of the premier league being abandoned at this stage apparently the cost of a a complete null and void um premier league was around 1.2 million the billion a billion 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 across the board uh, and to play the rest of the games behind closed doors, it was around the cost of it was been around 165 million. That's right, wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. something like that. I mean, the figures doesn't really matter, does it? But the what? It, what, what do you think is going to happen then from this point going forward? After everything you've heard in the news, Al, on um, you know, the, I'm sure you're, you're quite, as much as I know about you, I know that you do um, listen to the news and. and and, and absorb a lot of it, and quite you know well well learned in in current affairs. What what do you think about the impact on the coronavirus to the Premier League? Can you see a world where it's played behind closed doors and the, and the season is allowed to finish, or, or, or do you think something else is going to happen? Um, I think the decision will then will inevitably get taken out of their hands, and the Premier League and and professional football as an industry will be end, will end up being supported in every, pretty much in every way that every other big major company is, is going to be supported in terms of it will be individual clubs claiming for a set amount now that might be that would not be anywhere near what they would what they will get and i think um some of that will will just carry on i think 
for a long time we've talked about what would end up bursting you know at the Premier League the money bubble within the within football would burst you know and everyone's been saying it and, and I was always one of those people who was just, I don't see it bursting because it's only growing it might grow slower but I don't see it bursting because the model works so well but this is a, a fundamental change in everything that is going to happen within our lives socially financially for probably just as long as the effect that the financial crash in 2008 had so whereas football wasn't particularly affected by that this time it is it's in the jaws of it and so i think the decision will end up being taken out of their hands where the, the, the season will have to finish because there will be no time to get it done in any other way because uh, i think we'll be looking august september october by that time um and so I think the decision will, t- will, t- will be taken out of their hands. And, and there will be big financial implications of it. You know, and they'll just, and footballers will have, and football clubs will have to look after their staff, but will make major losses. Um, and that will be something that ends up doing with And the better run clubs. And, you know, despite everything that has been said about Daniel Levy and everything else now, I think if this ends up coming through, uh, that what I think is going to happen happens, I-, I think we'll probably be all right. You know, the irony of it all, really. Um, but yeah, I think it'll get taken out of our hands. I think the season will, it won't finish. I, don't, I, I can't see any possible way of how they'll be able to finish it. Rick, when, how old was you when you first fingered a bed? I don't know, actually. Um, 15, maybe? <laughs> that was a long pause. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, just try, just trying to remember many moons ago. Uh, Alex, what? Um, so, do you think that um, you know that that this when you say it's taken out of their hands, it'll be a government that says you're not allowed um, to do this? No, it'll be time. It'll get to a point where we are probably July, June, July, and if they were talking about this doing this little mega tournament over July, August. I don't think we'll be in a position to be able to do that um, because we'll be coming out of that period then and then it's going to be a question of making sure that um, nothing comes back. And I think mass gatherings will be the last thing that comes in. And then it's a question of playing it behind closed doors, which I just don't see being able to happen because that's still groups of, let's say, 60 people. And then with, camera, you know, with people there that are having to cover it for television so that people can watch it. You're talking probably a couple of hundred people um, at each event, and I just don't think we'll be at that place. I think it should be. I think it should get finished if it, if it possibly can. I mean, I, it's hilarious if Liverpool don't get it. It's a it's a joy, but um, yeah. Carry on, Rick. Take I, over. I, I think I think they'll they'll try uh, and do everything they possibly can. Um, to finish the league, and I, and I think they'll 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 Hold really on, try. I think they'll really try and rush it through. You what? <laughs> but I'm on the phone to Uncle Flav and Uncle Ricky. Right. Okay. What's she say? Speech in a sec. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bless her. I, 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 I think uh, yeah. I think they'll do everything. They they'll, they'll try to. Uh, rush it through and I think I, I think they'll put everything forward and then I just think the fallout uh, from people saying what are you doing the pressure that, that will be put onto them uh, to, to actually run it back in and to say look but by the time I think this will be over like August time like I was saying uh, and then they, they, they managed to get uh, uh, crowds back into stadiums and stuff like that I think it will be too late to be able to finish for a new season to start and for it to, to, to catch up on itself. Uh, I, I think uh, probably what will happen is um, they'll award the league to Liverpool uh, because they are so far ahead and, mm. and everything else will just stay the same. And we'll, we'll, we'll either, they'll just put a line for it and they'll carry on whoever what did whatever places next year, like Champions League. And we, we, we may go back into the, to the Champions League again. Um, through this, but you know, I, I don't see this this being a quick fix of 
uh, you know, we're having the, the three weeks of uh, self-isolation and then we're going to come out of it the other side and everything's going to be all right and we'll just go back to, to going back to work and going to playing football again and stuff like that. So I just think it's... Um, I think we're a long way off, man. Obviously, the, the Premier League is going to lose out on uh, loads of money. So that that's that's the thing uh, in their minds. But uh, I, just, I just can't see it happening, man. I can't see it finishing. Um, what, do you know when you did finger that bird, Rick? Did, uh, <laughs> <laughs> did you think, I don't know what I'm doing, I've just better shove them up there. No, no, no. We're uh, uh, we're, we're not. Uh, I'm not going to uh, entertain you with this. <laughs> I'm not talking about entertaining me. I'm talking about entertaining. But, but, but esen- th- essentially, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just get out there, and get quick, isn't it? <laughs> uh, we've got a question. No from... idea what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, just, quick, just quickly. I've seen it, like, actually, you know, watching, you know, movies of the adult variety later on in my life, um, there are there is some aggressive techniques which I, would, I wouldn't want to try out. There's a lot of um, uh, sort of lifting and, and um, vigorousness that I don't yeah. think is completely enjoyed by the female, or, or I might be wrong, because they tend to piss themselves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got a question from Arlington Spurs, Rick. Uh, not including the lasagna game. Yes. What, yep. what is the one Spurs butterfly effect sliding doors moment that you'd change if you could? And why you ever think about that? I think the one I've got in my head w- would be the Sissoko handball in the Champions League last year. Because if that hadn't happened, if that if we'd had if we'd been given a fra- fair crack of the whip and, and the game wasn't decided on that moment, we could have had a chance of winning the Champions League. And we. Um, you know, it, given the fact that Liverpool went, went up one one nil so early in such a fashion, and that would have affected us mentally, and they knew that all they do had to do is is you know fasten their belts and sit defensively because their defence was so good that maybe it had all been a bit different if the game was just allowed to be played. And I just like I know it's very recent, and they're talking about our history, but I think it would have been that one because the stakes have never been as high as that one. Yeah, I mean, do you you think as well, uh, uh, on a side note, uh, Alex is saying let him back in. Okay, go on. Um, Do you think, even if uh, we hadn't got that handball, uh, sorry, Liverpool hadn't got that handball, uh, do you think that we would have uh, gone on to win it or it would have been a, a more, more uh, closer game? No, I think we would have got spanked still, but <laughs> and we probably got done more severely than we did because they, <laughs> they, they just managed the game perfectly. But you never know, do you? And we were on, we had every, you know, for, for so long as a Spurs fan, we talked about how unlucky we've been and, you know, things never fall for us and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then maybe that luck would have carried through to the final and they would have opened up a bit more and, you know, our, our attack on the pace would have you know, damaged them somewhat. But, yeah. um, but but the reality is that they probably would have had to play a bit more expansively and would have tore us apart. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I'd probably agree with that. Yeah. What's your sliding doors moment? So, uh, um, I'm just trying to have a think now. Um, remember when um, I think it's we finished in the Champions League places, but then Chelsea uh, won the European Cup, and uh, and we we couldn't compete in the Champions League after that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I think I think there it sets you back uh, mentally and and as a club. And it, you know we should have we should have been playing there. So I think we we could have got to places quicker um, than uh, than we than we had. But I think yeah, in 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 the modern day, I'd say, I'd say that one and that that uh, handball as well. I'd, yeah. Al, uh, I want your sliding doors moment, the bit that you could change if you could. But before then, can you? Uh, I don't know. Sort your internet out or something. <laughs> 
Uh, well, I had to cancel it as I went upstairs, and then I was just back on the call, and then it said that you kicked me off. So yeah, it's probably your fault. Every time I speak when you're on, I can hear myself, and everyone else is going to hear that as well. What? I can't hear it. It's fine. Have you got, have you got earphones in? No. And we have this conversation every time. I was sat next to a router <laughs> that's doing 250 meg a second, right? And I'm talking into the phone. I don't know what more you want from me. Are you, have you got it to your ear like a phone call? Yes. <laughs> you do sound good. It's just I can hear myself. It's very distracting. It's just it's you. Get on my nerves. What do you want to know? Uh, your sliding doors moment. So place uh, a period in the history where if we could have changed something and it would have affected our future in a, in a much more beneficial way, uh, what would that be? I said the uh, Sissoko handball in the final and Ricky said, what did you say, Rick? Uh, when uh, Chelsea won the Champions League and took our place. That's it. Uh, beating West Brom at home, 2016. Is that when Ali punched uh, Jacob? Uh, yeah, also when uh, they snatched a draw. Uh, if we'd have won that, that was midweek. Leicester had just lost. Um, I think if we'd have won that game... Uh, uh, I, I think we probably would have gone into the Stamford Bridge game as much as I loved it with a slightly different attitude. Um, and I, I think we probably would have won the Premier League that year. There's also, I still believe that. There's also that moment in that season where um, we went 2-1 up against Arsenal when we were top of the league for about 12 minutes, uh, which meant that we, that yeah. it would have been in our hands from that point. But with 10 yeah. men, Arsenal scored. I think Alexis Sanchez scored it. If he hadn't have scored that goal, and I don't, you know, I'd never say this to an Arsenal fan and give him this cre- that credit, but that season could have been very different. Yeah, there's, there's two moments like that for me. That was that one there, and then when we lost to Burnley, um, when Chelsea won it. Because, uh, uh, no, not Burnley, that was last year. Sorry, sorry, yeah, when we lost to Burnley last year in January, and that started the whole kind of 12 months of it just being, other than the Champions League, that it just being you know, drifting away from Poch in, in the league. And again, I think if we'd have won that game, I think we probably would have finished stronger in the league and we wouldn't be stuck with someone I hate in charge of this football club. Um, Sam Marlowe, he's got a question. He says, what are your thoughts on government measures for renters, given that Harry Kane has been living in his opposition heads rent-free <laughs> for years? Um, but what uh-huh. is, is the fact that Everybody outside of Tottenham Hotspur pretty much hates Harry Kane justified in any way. Is it just because he is a great player and he plays for a decent team? Or is there something else about his game that riles other fans up? Well, I think think it's because he plays for uh, Tottenham. Uh, I, I think it's because he plays for Tottenham and they see him as a threat. They see him that he is able to... Uh, take Tottenham places where they wish they could go or that they don't want Tottenham to be. So he's, he's, he's one of those players that could drag us to, to win the league uh, and he's nearly done so. Um, and he, so that's why I think he gets that much hate. And also because, I don't know, just like if he had uh, an interesting name, wasn't English and it wasn't Harry Kane, I think he would get more respect um, so I think it's part and parcel of well, I think it's both of those things, really. I think it's a generation. I think there's a generation of football fans that, if a particular player hasn't got one amazing or two amazing particular attributes, that is very easy to be converted onto something like FIFA, then it frustrates them when they continue to do fantastically well. You know, when someone's you talk about Harry Kane, there's nothing but the first thing that would come into your mind about someone like a, a Ronaldo or a Messi or a, a Salah, or you know, there's something very specific that that they then have. All right, they're great at everything, but there's you know, there's something there's a very very high skill of a particular thing. Whereas Harry Kane is just very good at lots of things and keeps scoring goals. I think it's just massively frustrating. Do I think, think people not, think he should be shit, but he's not. Do you think the diving's any part of it? Because he does. I mean, would you? Is he, would you call him a diver? No, I don't. I don't see him do anything different from any other. I don't see him doing anything different from Jamie Vardy, from Marcus Rashford. Yeah, I think 
I don't think he's a diver. I don't think they're divers. I think they they play the game that they are involved with at this modern time. If you if you, you know, if you have the, if, like every... if you if you have the pace and guile and ability to put yourself and your body in a position and willing to take the hit potentially to force a player to foul you, then it, that isn't simulation. That's not outside the boundaries of acceptability in our game that's just good games management i don't think there's any difference in what people talked about with gareth bale you know in the year before he left us you know that's it's just something that gets labeled at at most really i've seen it labeled at jamie vardy i've seen it labeled at um at mané but you know it's just one of those things and I, i genuinely do think it's one of those things where people are like well why why is he so good he doesn't do anything amazing. He just scores goals. And people can't quantify it. And it's people that... It's just... I think we're just kind of fed and, and raised on this diet of of players being brilliant at one particular thing and being marketed at one particular thing. And he's just kind of really good at everything. Um, and, and I think people then struggle to quantify it. And that breeds frustration. And you end up like Liverpool fans. Did you... Um... Did you see the interview he did or discussion he had with Jamie Redknapp? Mm-hmm. So the, take- yeah. the takeaway comment from that was that he isn't at Spurs for the sake of it. He's not at Tottenham just because it's Tottenham. He's he's there because he wants to achieve his uh, his aspirations and ambitions with with, with Tottenham. Did, did that bother you? Because the narrative around Harry Kane and Spurs support for a long time has been about him being a Tottenham boy, being local, be, uh, becoming one of the best strikers in Europe, and he loves the club. Did that make you feel anything different towards him, Rick? No, not at all. I mean, um, I think what what he was saying is that he's an ambitious person uh, and he plays football uh, to win trophies with his team. And he always said, and I think he said it previously uh, before this, that if, He's at Tottenham and he feels that we aren't competing uh, to a level where we are uh, signing players or getting money in or or whatever to be able to compete uh, for trophies that he wants. Then he would look uh, to go elsewhere or or at least uh, any opportunities that come his way to, to give it a second thought. And I think he's been quite honest about it. And the thing is, it's like... It's, it's human nature, really. I mean, like you, you can be a, 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 a one a one man club, uh, and you you can just be like you know, dig your heels in. I'm going to be here forever, um, regardless of trophies and stuff like that. But I, I think you have to have a sense of uh, you know balance about it. I mean, loads of loads of people love. Uh, their jobs and stuff like that and they love their teams and uh, their environment but then if something comes along where um, it does give them an opportunity to to, to go to a different platform earn more money get more exposure in their field or whatever it is then it's human nature to want to progress and and I I don't I wouldn't hold it against him at all Um, he could have gone earlier he could have gone way earlier Um, and and he's st- and he's still he's still at Tottenham, and I think he would be. I think it's like in this in this day and age where people are getting dug out for tweets that they made in 2014 or 15. Oh, you said this, and you've gone back on your words. I think he's been pretty pragmatic about it. Um, I I don't have an issue with it. I don't I, like. I don't expect any player. I'm not under the illusion that he's he is at the club through thick and thin and that he wouldn't move if a great opportunity came up and you know he could play for anybody absolutely anybody but he's he's um he's simply saying and you know you can read a lot into what he says because he's whatever he says is is important to Spurs fans because he has he is the most iconic player we've had probably since you know, Blanche Flower, Mackay, that that era where a, a player is as good as he is and he is proper Spurs, even though, and maybe even more so, maybe Harry Kane is the most Spurs 
sort of uh, talisman, the t- most talismanic player we've ever had because he did come through our system. Maybe Gary Mabbott as well. I might be missing some 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 others, but um, you know, it's when he when he speaks, we listen because we want to hear the right things. But the fact is, he he's a he's a player and 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 he'll do what he wants. But if I think we read in too much in, into his words here, and that he's simply saying he's ambitious and he wants the club to match his ambition. And in the modern game, that is a completely 100% fair thing to say. It's not like the olden days where players weren't on huge amounts of money and they couldn't just... The opportunities for them to leave and move to clubs wasn't there because the money in the game wasn't there. Now, uh, you know, the coronavirus forgiving. There's huge amounts of cash in the game and any player worth his minerals on the pitch is going to get a move if he wants them. So it's, you know... I mean... Think of think of the money he would have of the offers he he would have undoubtedly already had in you know that had been fed through to him you know through his agents and, and and through through other means about what other clubs are willing the packages that other clubs are willing to, to offer you know should he be in that position I'm sure he's had those already of course he has right but if you think if you think how Harry Kane has has progressed and how he's come through at Tottenham is a single mindedness of improving everything about himself professionally you know that's how he got to where he is and if you think that then just stops because he's reached where he is and, and got these individual milestones with Tottenham I mean that's daft yeah you know, he's he is that type of person that will that wants to to be at the very top of his profession and he will be ruthless when it comes to things like that I mean I just I, I don't I don't see what difference is. I mean this has been around for a while you know if you read if you read about what Teddy Sheringham said, for example, about when he actually left Spurs at the time, you know, he he's quite open about the fact that he didn't really want to leave. You know, he went to suggestions with, to the club about who they, who he thought they could sign to then to progress on. And, you know, he wanted to win a trophy with with Tottenham because that that was his, you know, was the club that he, he'd supported and wanted to be part of. You know, but that then didn't happen. And, and he had to say to himself, that, you know, at some point I have to put myself and what I want to achieve and what I think I can achieve above above the, the football club. And, and, you know, and it, United was a, a shot out of a blue for him. But, you know, it was it's that hasn't changed. And I and think, if, you know, with this coronavirus, we'll probably be very lucky. That I think we'll probably end up keeping him for longer than we probably would have now. The thing is, is, um, well, because other teams won't be able to splash that kind of money because they've been restricted financially. Yeah. Do you think you'll see a recession yeah. in football? Oh, absolutely. I, I am in no doubt. But and by and by recession, I guess the best the best way to qualify a recession in football is uh, uh, not uh, no increase in spending for maybe two transfer windows. If the the amount of spending on players, oh, goes... I think it'll be longer. But I, I genuinely believe, I, I genuinely think from everything that I read and from, and from what I see from from business scales in terms of where where people are at in terms of, of money that has been followed into into mass participation sports and mass gathering sports. I genuinely think this is this is something that bursts not bursts the Premier League bubble or, or English professional football in there, but it, it deflates it hugely. Do you think? Do you think then maybe ten, twelve, fifteen years? Do you think then that you know for those people that are kind of against modern football that that we'll see a, a return to uh, a sort of more even playing field, or will it just be the same, just but but, but with less money? Because it's no, gonna, I think, this I, is think impact. A, I think there'll still be a scale, but because every, everyone will slide back at um, relatively equal levels, I don't think anyone will be left behind. I think people will be looked after, but I just think it will be a massive scaling down from a fan experience. Nothing will change, but from a from a football and business side of things, about what players are played, uh, what players are players are paid, what transfer fees are done, how these businesses work in general, will it will just massively contract. Massively, this is this is a 10, 15 year regression in terms of the amount of money that is in the game. From is my guess as, from as, what from everything I read. As a fan of the game, is that a problem though? It, how, how, like, will it, I don't it's think not going to. So. Yeah, no, the way because it's not going to impact how much enjoyment we get from the game if we're able again to go to football matches and and watch on mass without fear of infecting each other. That the, the enjoyment was no less in the 80s or 90s than it is now. In fact, 
for a match day going fan, I would argue, and I think most people would agree, it was actually a better experience watching football back then. It was much less sterile. It was it was much less tinged or or sullied by the idea of success. That that winning or finishing the top four if you're Spurs or winning the league if you're Liverpool was the be all and end all, and just following your football club was enough. That. Well, it's funny. I don't. I think that's probably the one thing that won't change, and I think that is actually probably the one thing that will then get magnified even more. I think finishing within any type of um, financial gain position within within a league, whether it's Europa League, Champions League, reaching a League Cup semi final, I think those things will now become far far more important than even they are now. Okay, fair enough. Uh, we've got more questions. Uh, what we got here says. Uh, Wild D says you've been tasked with building the perfect football in homoclusus. Hang on, what the fuck? Homoclusus to dominate the prem. <laughs> you can use one body part from each player. Who do you choose? Homunculus. Homunculus. I've never heard that word ever. Is this like a? Is this like a? Um, it was was uh, Frankenstein's monster a homunculus? Don't know. I'm guessing. I just heard the word homunculus right. before. So, so that's what it means. If you had to build the perfect player, let's just make it Spurs player. So um, from the current squad, you've got left leg, right leg, uh, physique in torso and uh, head. Arse? Uh, let's add Arse for Ndombele. Okay. Okay, Rick. Dick? Dick oh, or Gareth Bale, but he doesn't play for us anymore. He had a piece. Um, so at the moment... At the moment, uh, pre- well, present team, left peg, got to be uh, Lo Celso. I was going to say Ben Davies. Fuck <laughs> off. All right, Lo nah, Celso. Yeah. Uh, right peg? Harry Kane. Yeah, got to be. Uh, body, Serge Aurier? Or are we going Sissoko? Yeah, Sissoko. Yeah, yeah, Sissoko. But aesthetically, it's Aurier, right? <laughs> yeah. In terms, of if one if if this weird monster is going to sleep with us, it would be Aurier. But if he wants to play football, it'd be Sissoko. God, I miss Sissoko. And, and, and I miss him too. He's be, he's, he's nearly fit now. You see his Instagram post the other day where he's playing football with his kid in um, in his house, and he'd made a goal out of uh, a piece of wall and a bit of skirting. And uh, amazingly, he he beat his three year old child. He, he put it in the corner. <laughs> And he celebrated. He, he, he managed to get the ball in there. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, but it's, I, I do think we we have missed him during this this period. And we, you know, he, he he has become a crucial player for Spurs, whether or not you like it or not. And um, you know, like we've said so many times, losing Kane, Son, and Sissoko in a team that were reliant on those three has been massively damaging. So Sissoko for his engine and strength uh, would have been. Yep. It would have been Dembele before now, though, wouldn't it? It would have been that, but but since then, Sissoko. Uh, and then for the head, you'd say we've got Kane for his right peg. What would you say for his... Who would you say for the head, then? Unless I'm you, quite, unless you want to... I quite, go on. Yeah, I quite, I quite fancy a Dyer for the head. <laughs> He's got a big old noggin, isn't he? Got uh, a big, big target there and smash a ball in with his head. I don't, I and, don't remember he, he's ever scored a header, has he? Oh no! He scored one. Yes. He scored one where it was whipped into the near post in his first season. I don't think he's. Laser bed is mate. Yeah. He hasn't. You can't just say that and say mate at the end just to give it some extra emphasis. No, I can, and I've done it. All so, right. Fair so all right, okay. So the fighting cock body, <laughs> the homo, was it called homunculus? Homunculus. Homunculus. I'm definitely going to learn that and use it in future. Homunculus uh, player is is Kane's right right leg. Uh, Lo Celso's left peg, uh, Sissoko's body, and Eric Dyer's head. Yeah, I, don't know, well, this, I mean that's, this is the problem at Tottenham. <laughs> problem, this is the problem with Tottenham fans. Uh, Alex, you you were saying just a second ago, which I found was interesting, I got sidetracked about um, these players leaving. You know, like Harry Kane potentially, but sharing them, and then you think Carrick and. Berbatov and Modric, uh, uh, you know, the, yep. the, these, uh, you know, Bale, elite players that we've had just in the last 10, 15 years. Uh, and they've gone on because they realise that they can't achieve what they, they want to at Tottenham. 
do you think that's some of the that, that, that that's where some of the frustration comes from for people that don't like what Levy's done is that we've had so many opportunities to build on um, great players to to continue to build and produce better squads, and we haven't done when we've had multiple opportunities to do so. What do you think of that? Yeah, probably. You know, and everyone talks about the whole Nelson and and Saha window and. You know, and then, but but the the issue that we have had, and there is no getting away from it, whether people like it or not. But every time these moments have come, is that these players have been completely stand out on their own, or maybe one or two between them. You know, Modric wanted to go the season before we suddenly then exploded into life. You know, and stopped him going from Chelsea. And, and you know, Bale had an explosive eighteen months essentially. Um, you know, and then was pretty much carrying everything on his own. I mean, particularly those last seven or eight games of that season, it was just him, you know. So there wasn't a question of building on that because there was one player that was so stand out from everyone else. And then that draws so much attention and draws the offers coming in from, from these clubs where you're not in a position to be able to do that. You know, what the stadium and everything else will, well, I mean, have, you know, God knows what's going to happen now, essentially. But you know, the plan is that that stadium builds us slowly into a position where we haven't just got one of these players that is outstanding at one point, is that we end up with six or seven, which you then add to. You know, in 2016 was probably one of those moments. And it need, and it probably did need us to, to go through, but then have to, to go and finish the job of a trophy or whatever. But we were then in that process of the stadium being two-thirds done or nearly done, you know, and... and I just genuinely think that timing has been horrific with us, with, with individual players and then with the stadium. It, us improving the way we have from 2015 until you know last season, let's say, it couldn't really have come at a worse time You know, in terms of building the football club. If it had started now, when we'd just come into this, this stadium, I think we'd be in a very, very different position. And I think we'd be... I think we'd be getting ready for something pretty monumentous. Um, I think it's, I think as well, that's oh, so gone. No, go on, I'm finished. No, like, uh, like players like Bale, where did he go? Real Madrid, Modric, Madrid, uh, Berbatov, United. It's, it's really hard to compete with these clubs and whether we like it or not, we're not, we're not as big as them. And at that time, we certainly weren't as big as them. And we are certainly building for the future and we've got great uh, foundations. But when clubs like that come knocking and they can offer far more money and uh, the marketing side of things as well, like with Real Madrid, United and, and all that, it's, it's very hard for a, for a player to turn that down. Um, exactly. these, clubs are, these clubs are absolute pillars in what kids grow up and who and want to play for you know we've seen it with someone like Bruno Fernandes right all right you know it might have been able to offer some uh, more money you know on, on wages and stuff but really when you would look at it when the first time the Bruno Fernandes situation came up was why wouldn't he come to Tottenham you know why wouldn't you want to come to Tottenham you know they're better than Manchester United right now they've finished above them the last three seasons but this is a chance for a player to play for Manchester United at you know, and and you get that with United, and you get with Liverpool to an extent. You know, over the years, you know, Liverpool have been able to attract players that, you know, really, if that had been, you know, whereas Tottenham, you know, when we were finishing above them for seven, eight, eight years on the trot, we still couldn't attract the type of players that they got. Yeah, but Liverpool, you know, regardless, Liverpool, Liverpool built their current success without attracting players that that that, that would have desperately wanted to play for Real Madrid. Like they built their their current squad is is. Is is made up of players that have that were on the up, and and they've managed to resist, barring you know Coutinho and Suarez and some incredible management from Klopp, resist uh, you know a complete dismantlement of their squad. Um, well, I'll think about it though. I mean, they've lost. You, you know, you know, Liverpool is probably the one book comparison that you can say. Well, you know, like Mane for example, we know that you know Pochettino wanted Mane as well, and that and uh, in the end. So it seems that came down to money, but I'd be very, I'd be very surprised if a bit of Liverpool prestige didn't come into it as well. But Liverpool have also lost big players, and and they have bounced. You know, they've lost Torres, Suarez, Coutinho at key moments. You know, but they have had 
other players around that, but we're able to, to fill the void. Whereas our situation has been at these times when we've lost these players, Carl Walker aside, maybe, is that they have been stand out far and above every other member of our squad. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, we've got a question yeah. from Luke Winchiller. He says, one of the internal questions from our friendship group uh, was, who would win out of a fight between a hippo and a gorilla? That's a great question. They're Bloody both... hell, that is. Yeah, that is a good question. They're both alpha animals, aren't they? Like, if you said, like, if you said a hippo and... Or, or a gorilla in a great white shark. The great white shark would do the gorilla because he's out of his element, right? But hippos, you know, they're in and out of the water. You know, they're there to be caught at. Yeah, uh, but they're not in the forests, are they? They're not in the hill. They're not in the mountain forests. Yeah, but, depends where it's but, at. but gorillas could come need a drink from the river sometimes. That could happen. Gorillas need a drink. Yeah, but no, you don't um, see gorillas herding around waterholes, Flav. They live in the mountains, mate. Listen to me for a second, Alex. Right? Is you definitely won't see you definitely, definitely would never see a gorilla in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. But you could right. conceivably see No, you couldn't. No. Listen, Alex, I just want to finish my sentence. You could conceivably it's within the realms of reality. That Not. well it is for those who are not doing a zoology degree like you, right? Well, entirely. Yeah, the, 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 they come down for a little drink by the river. And if that happened, <laughs> it, 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 listen, if that, look, I'm, I'm, I'm directing this question at Ricky, right? If, when that happens, Rick, in the inevitable future where gorillas and hippos will have to fight, who would win? Well, what, what I'm thinking of, uh, there's been a storm in a zoo, cages falling down, oh, and, and a gorilla is now squaring up to a hippo yeah what what you were saying that's, about that with your zoology degree <laughs> didn't think about zoos there's no did you there's no full-size hippos in zoos there is i've seen them i've seen them as well no, i've, I've seen them and okay. i've I've, uh, I've i've gone to zoos i've seen them and i've laughed at how small their enclosure is now <laughs> <laughs> i say a gorilla i'd never do that um what i mean like, don't, don't um Aren't hippos uh, lethal? Hippo, hippos attack the most uh, hu- the most human attacks yeah. by hippos, don't they? I think the most in terms of the animal that kills the most humans, if you take away things like mosquitoes and insects and shit like that, I think hippos are right up there. Yeah, yeah they are. I'm going with hippo. I think a hippo will fuck a gorilla up easy. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think there'd be. It'd be it'd be close. I think there'd be a a bit of um, agility that the gorilla might actually yeah be able to wear him down eventually. Have you seen how f- get tired pretty quick pretty quickly outside the have water? Have you seen how fast they move in the water? It's insane. Given Thirty the fact- miles an hour. It's mad. Like where? Yeah, do- it is. Yeah. Where, where does the friction come from? Because they're smooth, right? They've got no flippers or, or no like their ears are tiny, so they can't use their ears to push them forward. Like, it's not like an elephant under the water. You think, oh yeah, an elephant you use those like flippers. They'll really go with them. Hippos <laughs> got like your big your ears are minuscule. Alex would be bigger than a hippo's ears, right? So the ears are no good, right? They've got nothing. What do they do? Do they run across the bottom? They're not particularly fast in the water. As in swimming, they're fast because they they're in shallow pools. So the majority of the time is they're running through water or on land is when they can get up to like silly speeds. Crazy. They, they can move pretty quick fast. underwater. They can. I've they seen can the video. I've seen the thing where where the, where it's chasing a boat. You see now, Rick? <laughs> yeah, I have. I have seen that. Yeah, that is not. That's that is. He's he's p- picking up some speed there. Yeah, but I don't. I can't. This is mental. You've just talked about ears as flippers. No, I I talked about ears not working as flippers. Not working as flippers. (laughs) um, Yeah, but you said an elephant that could use ears as flippers. I'm just saying if an elephant got some speed up underwater, you'd understand it because he's got flippers for ears, is all I'm saying. It's like (laughs) Joseph Fritzl's children. um, Rick, Alex, um, I know obviously your masturbatory habits are well documented on the fighting cock. Yeah. Yes. Okay. The daughter is asleep. You just said that because Harper is called. Is she? 
Well, you can carry on yeah, talking, right, so I just want to know whether or not the, you've increased your velocity or it's decreased or has it remained the same? Uh, it's been pretty high. Hold on a minute. <laughs> yes, darling. Ricky, oh, go on. Sorry. Let's have a listen. You need to be asleep now, okay? I'm on the phone to Uncle Flav and Uncle Ricky. Okay? Yeah? Do you want to say hello? Yes. Say hi. Hello, hello, Harper. Hi. You, you okay, Harper? I've got a cough. Yeah. <coughs> has <coughs> got a cough, and he's not going to get better unless you go to sleep. You've got to go to sleep because I'm never going to kick this cough. <laughs> it's all the gear, isn't it? I've got to stop doing the gear. Back up in a minute. Ricky, you, I mean Alex, you've just made me lie to a few. I know, but I'm going to have to go now. Okay, so just answer the question. Is he up, down, or, or the same? Uh, it's pretty low right now because, I mean, what, how many times can you do it in a day without, you know, chafing? <laughs> and I don't, want, I don't want to get to a point, because I have done it to a point where I've cracked the skin around the edge and then that's me two days out. Oh, so, right. If you, if you ever had, when yeah. you had a, a big session, it's just a big, it's just a little swat, it's like a swollen, it looks like a... a, oh, a yeah. Have you ever done that? And that was just gone too much. And you wake up in the morning disgusted. Yeah, when you, crack, when you crack the skin around the outside, too, you know, the chafe and stuff, that is you done for two days. You know, unless you're going to do like a line on your front, just slow grinding against, you know, a mattress or something. And that's no one That's not good for anything. All right, nice one, Alex. Uh, get your daughter's oh, sleep. I'm going. All right, mate. I love you. All right. Bye, mate. See you later, Alex. All right, Rick, I think that's us, uh, that's us done. Um, Sweet. There's t- loads of questions. I put out a tweet asking everyone to just really pull it, pull it out on the question bag, but um, it just turned out that talking to you lot was uh, more fun than going through the questions. But what? what a, a question for you, actually. How much are you missing Tottenham at the moment? Um, quite a lot. Quite a lot. I, I, it's it's um, it's negated by the fact that we we were so poor, and I'm grateful of this break in the season. You know, again, if you take away all the shit for the coronavirus has caused and all the unhappiness and stress and all that, but I'm grateful that that um, that this break happened at exactly the right time for Tottenham because if if um, if 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 the, the season is null and void and all the results are null and void, it means that we we qualify for the Champions League again. It means that Liverpool yeah. don't win the league. It means that Man City are still champions. It means Arsenal yeah. are not in the Champions League. Arsenal are not finishing above us. You just, just purely footballing sense, you can't ask for more. It's perfect. Our three, three, two best players and a really important player were, were out injured. We weren't going to do anything. Like they were never going to be back in time to make any dent in the season. The end of the season. It's perfect. Yeah. But having it remove it is so weird when you're really fully invested in football that having that pattern and that important aspect of your life removed is strangely melancholic. You do look back and think, well, where, where, where's, where's my football? It's such an important thing. It's, 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 it really, in terms of people's mental health, yeah, it has massive impact on people being happy and healthy, even when the team's not doing doing well I know it's, I mean it's hard it, it causes stress when you when you you're not playing well and you know when you're not succeeding you lose to your rivals it's painful but overall there isn't there is an umbrella of comfort that football delivers and it's gone and um I do want it back preferably when yeah it's, fit. it stinks man like again apart from the the, the kind of uh the football inside of purely Tottenham, but it's just the like when I was going to Spurs, and it's like we got a Champions League game, and then we got a home game, and then we got another game, and, and like I find myself Saturday at eight o'clock in the morning getting the train to Tottenham because we got half twelve kickoff, and you're just like, oh fucking hell, it, doing this again, and then after a few days that kind of subsides, and you you, you know you you actually miss that. I miss. Meeting up with my old man, I miss going to those dirty, dirty cafes around Tottenham. I miss meeting up with my mates and having a beer and smoking and telling jokes and stuff. And everything that comes around it as well, like fantasy football, everything. It's like like you're saying the escapism from 
uh, you know, uh, the 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 normality and routine of life, and uh, and going to watch Tottenham. I mean, the the watching Spurs and and being in the stadium and chanting and singing is only a very small part of it. And you you realise how much it it encompasses your life and how much you do that it kind of takes you out from normalities and stuff. And it's not like it's not, there's no Tottenham, there's like no football. And I'm not like the huge football fan. I'm not going to sit there on a Monday night and watch Chelsea, Liverpool, whatever. I don't give a shit. Um, but when it's all taken away and, and, and nothing's happening, it's a bit like, it, it's pretty huge, man. And like, you, you don't know when it's going to, when it's going to come back either. Have you found that your, uh, uh, your relation, not your relationship, but if you found that the context of your relationship with your dad has changed because of it, like like I 90, 80%, 90% of my conversations with my old man are about football, mm-hmm. and and uh, look, we we've still spoken and, and we're talking about stuff, and obviously it's dictated by the shit that's happening in the world currently. And how we're living our lives now, and given the fact that he is nearly my my dad's sixty nine, so he's getting on the cusp of a high risk. Um, you know, there are there are always things to talk about that are much more important than football. But football gives you an opportunity to forget about these things. Like it, 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 the part of the reason that me and my dad talk about football isn't about. Um, it isn't because there is something lacking in our relationship. It's just something that we both enjoy and we connect on. And so much of our relationship has been built around Spurs. And again, not because we're lacking in other in other areas. Like the other night, I posted some stuff on Twitter about me and him chatting about his music. And uh, it oh was, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it was it was it was so much fun. Like I only did a couple of videos because I don't want to overdo it. It's a bit sort of wanky in it. But we were sitting down for a couple of hours, just drinking whiskey. And uh, my my dad just going going through his playlist. I like, you had this one. You had you had this one. I was like, yep, yeah, yeah, of course, of course, I had uh, this one. And, he's, and and I I looked through this Spotify playlist that he's he's put together in his in his in his wife's name, not in a romantic way. It's just her account that he's got, and and it is absolutely banging. A really really good playlist. And and because we had no football to watch, and what we would do when I'm at my dad's during the week when I have to work in London. What we definitely would be doing is Sky Sports would be on and we'd just be watching the football, watching whatever replays. We'd watch whatever the, I, I don't watch football on my own typically, but when I'm with my dad, we'll put the football on because that's what we do and that's, that's our relationship. But what was good about this pit was that we didn't have anything to watch. There was nothing going on in Sky Sports. We didn't want to watch anything on telly. We turned it off and just listened to the music my dad likes. And it was, it was, it was really lovely. It was like one of, one of the... Um, one of uh, it would just be a fond memory that I'll keep with me. Uh, I've lost my point here, Rick. So I've gone on rambling, but yeah, it's um, I no, don't... no. I get, I, I get the point. I mean, um, like when, when uh, football season's over, like when it becomes uh, May time. Like I, I, I won't uh, kind of like uh, I'll, I'll barely speak to my dad until August. Yeah, uh, and and then and then I'll probably I, I may see him once during that time. Uh, but then it's when football season uh, comes back in, uh, we'll be seeing each other in person. But there's always like the odd uh, text message and, and, and stuff like that. But now it is we're in season and none of that is happening. It is it is quite odd. Like normally, like uh, we'll be playing during the week and then um, I'll get a text from my dad saying, oh, uh, your, te- your team finally turned up to- today. Uh, and I'll just like be giggling and I'll give him a ring. Uh, and then we'll have a chat about the footy and stuff like that, or even after a loss or something like that. But yeah, it's just, uh, even like my mother-in-law, when my mother-in-law, uh, she comes around and she's like, uh, she's had the kid for the night or something like that. And we'll, you know, strike up a conversation about Tottenham uh, and how we're doing at the moment and stuff like that. And what's Mourinho been saying? <laughs> it just changes the whole conversation Can we, around... Can we... It does, it does. I know exactly what you're saying. Can we talk about your uh, your mother-in-law, Carmel? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Just for a bit, because we'll end the podcast on this. But uh, So, Carmel, I, I, in reality, I've met Carmel maybe two or three times in my entire life. But I know yeah. her as your wife's mum, right? Yeah. Is, is that okay to say her name? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, how, how, how has Carmel's relationship with Tottenham manifested? 
So when I first uh, got with my missus, I would have been about, well, 16. Uh, I remember I had uh, from some Tottenham magazine, I can't remember, it may have been like a, um, I think it was like the members um, little uh, booklet that I used to get. And I had, um, there was a centrefold of uh, Les Ferdinand and Janola, I think it was. And I used to put so the code I, I, from so I, and I, can, I can understand where she's coming from now. And uh, what a freezing and, uh, that would have been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I, I used to put the uh, poster up on my missus as well. And, uh, and and then obviously from from then uh, I would have been, uh, uh, I think it was a season ticket holder. Um, and just because it was it was my passion and I was always going there. And uh, I'd be wearing Tottenham kits and stuff like that. She she obviously um, got an interest in it. And it wasn't until obviously doing uh, the fighting cock um, and then her listening uh, to the podcast. And she kind of uh, listened a bit and got the Tottenham bits. But it was more the she's she's more 30 percent. Basically, she's bang on 30 uh, percent. That's that's the content that she wants. Um, and just find it really funny and, and, and like our, our camaraderie and stuff. But as all the years, and she listens to every single episode, That's she's amazing. gained more. I know she's gained more and more knowledge about Tottenham, um, and she knows. And then, uh, like, there's a couple of years ago when I went round there, and you know, old school, got a calendar with a pin in it, and uh, I was looking at all the dates, you know, uh, uh, people's birthdays and uh, anniversaries and stuff like that. She's got handwritten every Tottenham game when they're playing and who they're playing against <laughs> in that calendar. And it, I was just cracking up. That's amazing. Like, can you imagine? Like, just, it's just, it is, it's amazing. I, I, you know, I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. It's amazing what football does, isn't it? It's like, you know, you're, we're, we're, without, you know, if you hadn't met your missus, um, there's, there's almost zero chance that Carmel would have been following Spurs. Oh yeah, and, zero. And the fact that she's listened to every single episode, <laughs> still, still can't believe it. we've got to get her on just on a little Skype, just to just have a little chat about about Spurs and and her relationship with it now and what she thinks of the podcast and stuff. It just, I think that would be fun. Um, yeah, yeah, that would be good actually. And, and that's like you know more than ever, you know the the idea that that football's just a game is is ridiculous because it's so much more. It's so much yeah, more. It does so much to help build relationships, cement relationships, and um, and uh, you know if you know Arsenal fans, end relationships. So it's yeah. uh, it's a glorious thing, Ricky. It's been a pleasure talking to you, mate. I, I really, I, Andy, miss, man. I miss seeing you. I know it's only been two weeks, but um, I know it's saying it's, it's been uh, shit. It is shit, really. Um, but you know, self isolation and all that. Today, honestly, today I found it really easy because not much has changed for my life because where I live is so isolated and, and there's no fucker around and you can just walk the dog and all that. But today's the first day I felt a little bit like, I don't know, um, like the walls were closing in somewhat. So Yeah, I, don't I how, can tell. I don't know how long this is going to go on for, but um, long long may it... No, that's wrong, isn't it? Short, short, <laughs> short may it... Remain. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Rick. I right, love you too, man. Bye, mate. All right, bye. Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Network.